friends. I'm Taylor. And I'm Brittany. Together, we're two sisters who are here to help you learn some tips and tricks to help navigate this crazy journey called life. We bring you the perspective of a licensed LMHC therapist and a new mother. And a slightly eccentric mom of two. When you combine us as scissors, we like to consider ourselves as quite the dynamic duo. So join us as we talk about all life has to offer. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and hit that follow, like, or subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts for updates. If you're liking what you hear, leave us a five-star review. It helps us know what content you like and spreads the love to others to get resources and help for their mental health. All right, friends, we are here today with our new mommy. Some of you may have caught our last little update posted. Oh, hey, Banksy is the cutest. He is my little heaven. It's He's pretty cute. He's my perfect boy. He's so perfect. And he makes noises and I mean, oh, his coos. Oh, yeah. It's funny because I was like, whoa, this is the first time not recording, like pregnant and squishing everything inside of me because Matson always goes off about like, your breathing is too heavy and he has to edit it out. And I'm like, I can't breathe. He was squishing me. And now I'm and- like, oh, I don't have something squishing me today. Yeah. And we got to change our intro from an expecting mother to a new mother. So very excited about that. <laughs> I mean, he's pretty cute. He's tiny, but cute. His due date was literally tomorrow. So having him out three weeks, almost three weeks. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Uh, three weeks of anti-love bliss. <laughs> he's so cute and tiny. <laughs> he's starting to come alive more though. So he's definitely going to be a sassy one, which is fun. So excited. So yeah. excited. Yeah, so good mommy update. Thanks for all the warm wishes that we received too for Taylor and baby Banks. And yeah, uh, people are so sweet about it and everyone's so excited. So thanks for being a part of the journey with us and loving my baby. Yes, I know that he'll come up more because we can't help ourselves. We're obsessed. Yeah. So his <laughs> name is Banks. You'll hear it a lot. It's very unique. We got asked the whole time we were doing like in the hospital and delivering stuff because his name has to be posted everywhere. They're like, where did you come up with that? And we're like, I just heard it. And I thought it was cute. And my husband's family goes Outer Banks every other year. So he loves Outer Banks. And it just worked for us. But it's definitely different. But if you hear it, it's not – we're not talking about going to the bank. We're talking about my child. Baby. Baby Banks. Baby Banksy. And the cutest thing, too, is he has a little cousin coming who they're naming Cash. So we'll have Cash and Banks. Yeah. He comes like two or three months after Banks. So – I think he's due in December, so three months. So fun. So yeah, fun. so cute. Thanks and all right. Well, I could like go ramble on all day about my baby. But- Proud Auntie Club, you got to join it. Congratulations, <laughs> sister. Surrogate <laughs> is done. <laughs> I completed. <laughs> so today, Taylor, what are we talking about? Well, you created it, so I feel like you should really talk about this one first. Brittany, what do you talk about all the time? Oh, P-P-A-P. <laughs> P-P-A-C. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. P-P-A-C. You created it. I'm Apple Pen. We're doing the People Pleasers Anonymous Club. But I love that you created this, and then you're like, got it wrong. <laughs> I know. I know. It's fine. Um, I didn't apologize, though, I don't think, because I'm working on that being a people-people-people-pleaser. That should be like our theme song for our podcast. I know. I know. So for those that don't know what a people-pleaser is, that's a common term. I feel like it's a good social term that most of us are aware of. But if you don't know, it's no big deal. 
Um, it's that concept of where you do things because you're trying to please others. You're trying to satisfy others' expectations, trying to not upset the boat, rocket, anything like that. And I feel like everybody to some extent has this, right? Like um, it for some zone of your life. Some people are not as prone to it. And some people are like every zone of their life. They're trying to people please. And it just kind of varies on how much a person does. But Brittany and I have talked about this a lot. Britt, why are you the president of PPAC? Oh, I am the president of People Pleasers Anonymous because I am like the world's worst people pleaser. I have gone Not the world's worst. We're not going to be mean to ourselves about this. Oh, sorry. You're right. You're right. I shouldn't use it. We're going to love – well, I want you to still love yourself because like Brittany is the nicest person you'll ever meet. She's like – you give oh, to everybody. Thanks. You really are, though. I tell everybody, like, you're, like, the extreme version of, like, sweet. Like, you love everybody. You serve everybody. You will do – you will literally give somebody the shirt off your back, which I feel like I'm really nice. But you're, like, extreme nice. Sometimes, like, okay, girlfriend, like, y- you got to <laughs> stop. Like, you'd be the person that holds the door for people for, like, an hour because you're, like, oh, no, no, please go ahead of me. Like <laughs> – you're oh so sweet and so loving and that's a great trait to have. But the problem is, is that sometimes you just don't know when to say no because it's a detriment to you. And that's what we're talking yes. about for people pleasers is it's great yes. to love people. It's great to help people. But when it's a detriment to your well-being or to the well-being of your family or whatever is most important, then it's a problem. Yeah. And I've definitely seen that so many times. I mean, just in my physical health, my emotional health, my relationships, I yeah. give too much of myself and then it doesn't create a balance in relationships and it it literally has drained all of my physical mental resources your literal (laughs) chemicals in your body are drained from it and that's where yeah um this month we're gonna do people pleasers anonymous club and then we're talking about what is self-care in our next episode i paired those two together purposely because i want people to learn how to advocate for yourself put yourself first and i'm I don't think I'm a selfish person. I try really hard to give back to the community, love oh, everybody. Definitely not. definitely not. But I learned in grad school, if you are a PPAC, especially a president of PPAC, you are going <laughs> to hey. get eaten alive. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. Like I'm drawn to this field because I am a people pleaser, because I love people, because I want to serve them. That's why I chose this job. However, if I don't have a boundary on it, if I don't put myself first, I'm, I'm, I would be dead. Like, it would not be good. Right. And that's where we're trying to help people realize if you're a PPAC, we love you. We're a part of it. We are here for you. Brittany is your biggest fan. Um, <laughs> I am your biggest support person because I have complete empathy. And yeah, I was talking to a friend yesterday about, I think I told you this Tay about, yeah, but I love people this Please yeah. anonymous club. Cause she was, she had messaged me and she was so cute. She's like, what's PPAC? What did I miss? And I was like, oh, I made it up. You didn't miss anything. And so I told her what it was. Yeah. And she was so cute because she's like, I love that you're labeling this, you know, kind of like Alcohols Anonymous, like knowing that people mm-hmm. will slip up, that it's one of those things that you will be in constant recovery for your whole life of being a people pleaser. Yeah. Because it's easy to slip back into it. And there are times where I am better than others. I mean, Taylor's nodding yes, like emphatically yes. right now. Yes, yes. Um. <laughs> And I will have like spurts where I'm like, I'm doing really good. I'm doing really good. And then I will go back to saying yes to way too many things. Like things I don't even want to do. Like things that aren't even a priority for my life. But I just have a hard time saying no. Uh-huh. And that's where <laughs> I think it's awesome because my husband 
has really good boundaries around this one. And he's taught both me and you have better boundaries around this one. (laughs) He calls me out all the time. All the time, which I love and I hate. Because sometimes I'm like, back off, Manson. But he's right every time where I'm like, you're right. I need to put this first or this first. Or he'll be like, we are more important than this, like our family is or or whatever it is. And if you don't have a person in your life helping monitor you or is taking advantage of you, like my partner doesn't take advantage of me. My partner's one being like, stop being a people pleaser. You know, that's my saving <laughs> grace half the time. But if you don't have somebody in your life calling you out, then it can be really hard to not be the president of PPAC. Yeah. And especially where my, like, I was talking to another friend or maybe been the same friend and she had mentioned, you know, like culturally and as women, mm-hmm. we are supposed to be kind. We mm-hmm. are supposed to be loving. We are supposed to be full of service. And then when we add in our religious background, that is like, yep. our goal oh, is yeah. to be charitable and to be loving to everybody. And yep. I think that's where this disconnect happens is, there's so much pressure as a perfectionist, which mm-hmm. we have also alluded to before. I am a recovering perfectionist as well, mm-hmm. um, where it's like you want to do all of these wonderful things. And there's so many wonderful things in the world, mm-hmm. but we really don't have to do all these things. Like who's telling us we have to do these things besides ourselves? Well, it's interesting because I just entered mommy world two and a half weeks ago, right? But everybody under the sun just assumes I'm breastfeeding, like literally everybody. And it's been really interesting to see the feedback that you get of people being like, wait, you're not? And I'm like, no, this is one thing where I knew that it would be detrimental to my bond with my child because I would feel... I would feel trapped. I would feel all these things. And I psychologically knew this about myself, right? And that's where I feel like people didn't understand that as much. um, And they didn't understand the benefit of having those boundaries around it. And that's where it's been interesting navigating like where you're trying to not disappoint people. You're trying to not be like a person that, you know, is displeasing people because I definitely feel like a pariah sometimes displeasing people. And then I have to go to my husband and be like, am I bad? Cause I didn't please somebody. And he's like, why do they matter? Like <laughs> they don't matter. It's not their kid. And I'm like, Oh yeah. You know, like, yeah. And it it doesn't really matter at all. Yeah. So it can, it can yeah. reach some of the dumbest things where it's literally not even their child and it doesn't even matter. Or it can be something that really does matter. Like, you know, how you serve in your job or how you like affect other people. But it's, it's been interesting to watch. We just really want to please people. Yeah. And I am way worse at it than you are, but it it makes me feel good knowing that you do the same thing sometimes. (laughs) I do. I I do it way more than I think you realize that I do it, but it's because I've had a lot of practice blocking myself from doing it. Does that make sense? So like, yeah, growing up, I was just as bad as you probably like, yeah. like, think about my personality. I'm very, like, shy, very reserved. As I got older, I broke some of that. But, no, I it's definitely something you, I'm in um, recovery from, thanks yes. to being a therapist. I, and I think this, like, leads into, like, one of our next topics we wanted to hit on is, like, you have learned to better hold your boundaries and your expectations mm-hmm. for yourself and what you are willing to give to, mm-hmm. in a healthier way than I have. Mm-hmm. Um and I know like this was always a recurring thing when I have gone in for therapy of, you know, what, yep. what are you afraid of failing at? Why are you so worried if these people think that you're not doing what, you know, what they are expecting of you? What, what happens if you do fail? Yeah. Um, and you have had a way healthier approach on this. And I, 
all, like respect you big time on that because that's something I have a hard time with. So, <laughs> Tate, like, what is realistic on this? What boundaries and expectations should we set for ourselves, and how do you stay motivated to to live up to those? So the the thing that changed me and kind of put me in like we could say recovery or whatever, right? Like just change my approach on a lot of things. Remission. Remission. Kidding. That's I mean, however you want to word it. Um not trying to disrespect people in recovery on other things. But like oh, it's yeah. I mean we all have like that journey of, you know, we're fixing our behavior. And that's where in grad school they said, what's the welfare of your client? That was the thing drilled into our brain. What is for the welfare of your client? And at the end of the day, we would have to sell our case of why we chose what we chose or did what we did. Um, and how it would benefit our client. And at times there would be a, if you need a mental health day, like it literally went back to us. Is this for the welfare of my client? So was it for the welfare of my client for me to call in sick if I could not emotionally handle their case that day? Yeah, it is for the welfare of my client. As odd as that sounds, right? Because you think, well, for the welfare of your client, you should be there. No, if you can't show up and be 100% for your client, you shouldn't show up at all because that's damaging to them. Because what if they had something that's really traumatic and you don't take it well, and then you re-traumatize? Or what if they had something they really need to talk to you about and you're only half there and you're not present? You should have just stayed home and scheduled when you are available, right? And when you can't emotionally take that hit. And that's where, when I started seeing that shift of, okay, everything does go back to me. Like if I'm not if I'm not okay, if I'm not doing what I should be doing for myself to take whatever I can take, that's not for the welfare of my client. So then the question always now goes back to me, and I've asked you this too, what's the welfare of your child? What's for the welfare of yourself? Mm-hmm. What's for the welfare of your family? And that's where I took that question and started morphing of like, is this going to serve me or hurt me? Is this going to hurt my child? Is this going to hurt me? If it hurts me, I'm not going to validate just because it makes somebody uncomfortable, just because it doesn't please somebody like me not breastfeeding. I, I'm sorry that doesn't make you comfortable. I'm sorry that's not what you chose for your life. I'm not even sorry, actually. I That's just not – that's your problem, <laughs> not my problem. And it's taken me a long time to just be like – not even to apologize, but just be like, that's your problem. That's your issue. It's not my issue. But this is for the welfare of my dynamics that I have going on in my life. And I don't have to explain that to anybody, which that part I'm still working on. Oh yeah. And you know, I'm the worst at that. It's yeah, like, not justifying is so hard. Oh, it's so hard. So hard. I'm, so I'm, hard. I, I always have like... to give like a whole like laundry list of all mm. these reasons why I couldn't, whatever, take your kid to soccer practice today. Like I'm going to take your kid to soccer practice today because I had a migraine and Anson had his own thing. And you know, like I always end up with these like 50 different things. I'm, doesn't so, matter. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Next time. And doesn't so matter. Say. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Yeah. And this is where, again, I had I uh, Elizabeth. Brynn, do you remember Elizabeth, my professor? I do, yeah. I adore her. She's like the best therapist, best human. She was my one of my professors in grad school, and then she was my supervisor. And I still – she's like a friend now. I love her. Um, but she always used the thing, it's Jade. Are you justifying? Are you um, – uh, why can't I? Sorry, the acronym is like sometimes going out of my head, but it's justify, anger, defend, or explain. And if you're doing any of those four behaviors when you're ex- like in response to not pleasing somebody, you need to reevaluate why you're doing it and you need to stop your behavior. That's a behavioral response to being uncomfortable, right? So anytime yeah. that I'm like, oh, I have to justify or explain or be angry or defend myself, I try and like catch my behavior and be like, they, I don't need to do this. This isn't something somebody needs from me 
this is just me feeling uncomfortable. And that's, I need to go back to soothing myself, not soothing somebody else because somebody else doesn't matter in that. It's me uncomfortable. And that's what needs to be addressed. And then it's so funny because in those moments, like I, I am the president of People Pleasers Anonymous for a reason, because how many times have I come to you after a situation where it's Mm -hmm. something I really didn't want to do, or I was Mm -hmm. super upset about it. And I come back to you and I have justified it. I'm super angry about it. Like Mm -hmm. I'm defending myself. And then, you know, like, it's just so funny. I, I can think of a zillion experiences right now, whether it's something stupid, like, my kid needs shirts for Disneyland and all of a sudden, instead of making one for them, I'm making, can you make me five like unpaid mm-hmm. from some acquaintance I know. Mm-hmm. Remember I, I've mm-hmm. done that before and, Multiple and times. I was so angry because I was thinking, why the heck am I making your child and all of their friends, these shirts, when I had agreed to make one of your children, a simple shirt. And it was so mm-hmm. frustrating and it's just, but then we the fear way, the repercussions yeah. of that interaction of saying, I can't do that. Right. And it's a basic, like if you had said it and tone does matter. So if you're like, I can't do that. And you're super angry. Okay. Like, yeah, that's a little bit of an awkward situation versus if you're saying, I can't, I can't handle that in my schedule right now, or I just can't do that or that I'm not, I'm not going to be able to meet those requests or whatever. Right. Just a basic fact statement that's neutral. That's their problem. Then if they're angry about that, then they need to work through their crap because they asked an unrealistic expectation of you. And that's where like you're asking realistic, unrealistic expectations. This is where you have to really be honest with yourself and assess like, is it reasonable or not reasonable? Also, you have no, at the end of the day, and this sounds super harsh, the most important people in my life are first my husband and my baby Mm -hmm. and my dog. Those are my people. your family. And I will always, everybody else is after. Next is my mom, my dad, my sister, you know, like my family, family. Yes. And then (laughs) you made it, you know, and my brother, like the, the, like the top, the people I grew up with, those are my people. And then from there outside of it, maybe I'll get to you. Like clients are based higher for me because that's my job. And it's also like my love and passion, but they know you come underneath my family. Like you are not, if something else is going on, you are not it. That's the end of the day. And that sounds super harsh, but yo, they're, they're my family. Like that's my life. You know what I mean? And that's where yeah. I think we get a little bit harder of our triage list. We don't always like do that. And that's where like realistic expectations from outside world people place themselves higher than what they really are. And you have to, I loved it. I looked up for the next episode, the, um, they, the definition of self-care. And in the last line, it says, protecting one's own well-being and happiness. And I loved that the the term, the definition said protecting. And I was like, yes, this is what we are having to do nowadays, especially nowadays where people that we are not in a collectivist community. If we lived in like Asian countries, Latin countries, they are based more on a collective mindset, meaning that they place and prioritize the group's well-being over anything else, right? If you look at how those cultures raise their kids and their families, you do not bring shame or dishonor upon the family name. You do not like go against cultural norms without like destroying something. And that's where some of those concepts are really good for creating a holistic and healthy dynamic. And there's also like downsides to it too, right? Individualistic versus collective. Yeah, there's pros and cons to each. Yeah. So both. However, in our society, we are very individualistic. Everybody is in it for themselves. Everybody is, their number one is their stuff, right? And if we don't claim our space, 
you will get bulldozed, you will get used, you will get ran over. And that's what I learned in grad school from my professors was every single day, they're like, you are a unique little like gem. You have this very unique skill, you protect yourself. And at the end of the day, that's what I started learning was I got used, I got abused, I got mistreated in sessions. I got people screaming at me, calling me names, like disrespect. Like most people would be like, you've been treated that way. I've gotten thrown into walls. I've gotten my hand almost broken. Like uh, you name the story. It's probably happened to me. I've been groped. I've been, you know, hit on, told disgusting things about my body, all this stuff. And at the end of the day, I learned this core message of if I'm not in it for myself, I will be hurt. And that's where I think for you, that's the question at the end of the day. Is this realistic? Meaning, is this even a possible expectation somebody is holding of me? And is Mm -hmm. it even worth it? Like, does this person even matter? Like, and that's where it's really mean to say, but like, I'm sorry if you're mad at me and we're just acquaintances, be mad at me. Like, I don't care versus if my sister's mad at me, then I'm going to freak out a little bit more because you are a higher triage point for me. If my husband's mad at me, higher triage point, you know, like those relationships are my relationships that are important to me because I chose that versus like as person, you just like, no, I'm not going to make your Disneyland shirts, you know, like whatever it is. Like, yeah, no, no. Yeah. And I think it's, that was a good reminder that it's okay to disappoint other people. Like, well, it's just they part don't. of the human experience. And we are not going to win every time, which is so hard as a people pleaser yeah. to, to acknowledge that yep. because, you know, I want to make everybody happy all the time. Yep. And I want to say yes to everything. And I want to be, you know, harshest fact I was taught. This is so harsh, but it's so true. A third of the people you meet in your life will like you. A third of the people will be indifferent to you. And a third of people will hate you. And that was the hardest because I'm over here being like, I'm trying to be the best therapist, the best person, Mm -hmm. the nicest person. And there's been some clients that leave and hate me. And you know what? I'm like, okay. And like, you want to try and figure it out. You want to try and change yourself. But then how dishonoring is that to who I am as a human being, but also to all the people who do like me and all the people that it does fit, right? So I'm trying to change myself for this one third that just doesn't vibe with me when I have this whole two thirds that does work with. And it's like, yeah, okay, you're going to have to take your losses at one point. We had this saying growing up, it's better to let women suffer than a whole nation perish. It's better to let that one go and actually reach more people than to try and put yourself in a square hole when you're really round or whatever it is, you know, and that's (laughs) like, it's hard to accept, which if it's hard to accept, then that's an expectation of yourself. That's unrealistic that you need to go back and reshape. Because that's your problem at the end of the day, right? Versus yeah. other problems would be like, are people pushing expectations on you? Like people pushing the mommy shame or the you need to fulfill a role. That's unrealistic expectations from society that you need to decide, are you going to adhere to? Or are you going to say, I am not going to adhere to those? And those are can be really hard. Like that's really hard to choose whether or not I'm going to adhere to this expectation or not. And that's where you have to realize what's your motivation, And that's at the end of the day where that question, every single time I'll bring people back to what really matters. What's for the welfare of you? Yeah. The welfare of you and the welfare of your people closest to you, like you had said in triage. At the end of the day, the question always goes back to you. Because if you are not okay, 
It's the airplane analogy, which we'll talk about in the next one too. Yes, I was if you like, don't put your mask on, airplane. yeah, if you don't put your mask on, the oxygen mask on the plane, then you're passed out and can't help anybody. So at the end of the day, if you're not okay, then you're screwed. You're not helping anybody. Nothing is no. good. And that's where- And I'm I like, have thought of that scenario so many times. Mm-hmm. And I have like mentally had to train myself to be like, if I'm on an airplane and the oxygen masks go down- yeah, I have to do mine first. I have to do mine first, which is so like opposite of how I would typically well, think. Oh, yeah. It's it, just one of those like, oh, my gosh, where's my babies? Where's my mom and dad safe if we were on the same flight? Like, does everybody? What about Banks? What about Sailor? What about Madison? Yeah. Like, I would be the one like running up and down and like putting everybody's oxygen on and then I'd be dead in the back. <laughs> and then we would have to like try and save you and we couldn't. Right. Exactly. And that's where it's like you're making a bigger mess and a bigger problem by doing that behavior than if you just initially took care of yourself and triaged it down. Yes. And that's where yes. it's super selfish sounding, it's right? Like, it's like, and it's so hard. Mm-hmm. It is hard. And I am acknowledging this to our other people pleasers. Mm-hmm. It's hard. I'm not saying this is easy. I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Every time I go on an airplane, I have to like give myself this little pep talk. Remember if the oxygen mask comes mm-hmm. down, you put it on first. Like, Yep. And that's like, but day to day life, that's what you need to start choosing is it's me first to make sure that everybody else is served. And that's, I feel like and she's smiling as she says this, looking at me, by the way, guys, like- I <laughs> Well, I think the thing that's really hard though, is it took me a long time to accept that I wasn't selfish doing this. It took me a long time to accept like this really was the real answer, right? Especially with the job yeah. I was doing in life. But you saw how burned out I got in grad school. I had many mental breakdowns in grad school. Like, do you remember that time? I mis- do. It's my living hell. Yeah. I never want to go back to grad school, guys, ever. Oh. It was the worst. And you are not a selfish person, but you have done so much better at just yeah. setting your boundaries, setting, you know, but what I expectations learned- you're willing to live with. And yeah. 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 I learned because I almost killed myself off and I was losing who I was as a person. I was losing my identity. I was losing everything because I was constantly being drained and constantly taken from. And that's where... If I don't protect myself, everything falls apart and I wouldn't have the life I have today. So that's where for people, if you don't protect yourself, you're losing yourself. You're like mommies. Mommies have this a lot happen. Um, I was just going to say that you're in the newborn fog. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I've had a lot of people be like, how are you guys, like me and my husband will go in public and people will be like, how are you okay? We Banks will be three weeks on Monday. And every single time people are like, you look normal. And where the honest answer is because we have prioritized certain key things for ourselves. My husband still does his workouts every day. He still gets to watch football and talk about fantasy all the time, which if you know him, that's a big <laughs> thing does. for him. Well, earlier it cracked me up and he's like, hey, can you like go prep this podcast episode in the baby? <laughs> room so i can have bro time with bangs and our dogs he need to watch football with our dog and our child (laughs) and our child sleeping i just busted out laughing but at the same time like good for medicine to set those boundaries and be like yeah this matters to me i need my guy time with my baby yeah like we're watching football. Excuse you. You please leave. Like but my husband's the first one up in the middle of the night. He's the one that yeah. will be like, I will change poopy diapers. I will grab the baby. Like, and, but it's because we take care of ourselves. Like I've prioritized my self care. Like I do walks. I still take my long showers and get ready for the day and try and look cute. I, you know, like all the things yeah. that matter to me and my husband's there taking the baby. Why I'm like, yes, please. Can we 
I'm going to go do my self-care and then we swap. And that's where you do need a team. And I, my love goes out for everyone who doesn't have the team because that is really hard. I have a whole unit that gets to help me, right? You need to find a team so that you can actually do this for yourself. If you do not have one right now, you need to find family, friends, a community, whoever you can, because I have my family. I have my husband. I have my sister, my mom, like my dad. Yeah, I have so many people here for me that it's I, I have that luxury. It's it is a luxury, but at the same time, it's necessary to keep us surviving. Yes, which is, it hard. is. and it's always good to be able to rely on somebody else. Which I think COVID was a good eye opener for some people about like mm-hmm. maybe getting support from other people. Mm-hmm. Or I know for me, it turned into you know one of my friends, Laura. Like it was mm-hmm. it was hard for me at the beginning to say yes, I actually need help, and you know, or I need a break for my kids or whatever. But we were so limited in that moment that that was the first time that I really had like, yeah, let somebody be such a part of my community, you okay, know, that wasn't my sister or my mom. Because you let somebody be a part of your community, you now have a nephew. It, that is true. Yeah. Laura and I, for those of you who don't know the story, <laughs> because we let each other into um, mm-hmm. our bubbles so much personally, we did hook Taylor and Matson up. Mm-hmm. Props to us as Yantas. We now have a national holiday, anti-day. You do. Um, and we have a sweet baby to love on. So you just never know where it's going to go. That was really yeah. hard for me to yeah. let that happen. And Taylor knows this. Like I do. I couldn't rely. Our mom had a, you know, during COVID, we really had to be careful because she's missing part of a lung. We all mm-hmm. had to be really careful. And so we had to build those communities a little different. And yeah. I think just COVID changed a lot of the dynamics. And that's where, you know, it. It was really key to find a community. If you don't have the support, this will be the thing to help you with PPAC is finding those people that will validate you when you're mad, when you're doing the Jade behaviors, when you're doing justifying anger, defending, explaining. Like I go to my mom and my sister and I'm like, hey, I need to justify to you because I didn't justify to these people. I need validation from you. Right. And that's where (laughs) get the get you need validation somewhere. You need to explain somewhere. You need to find the support somewhere. There is a time and a place for all of that, though, instead of to the people that are holding the expectation to you. Um, vice versa, I feel like we also have expectations for others, and that's where it's really hard. Up. Yeah. It's really hard to be honest with ourselves about are we realistic with the expectation that we're pushing on other people? So I have an example. Do you have an example before I get mine, Britt? I guess the only exa- – like the example that popped in my head first was – you know, my sweet Adeline, she's mm-hmm. so awesome. Mm-hmm. And I rely on her for quite a bit because mm-hmm. we homeschool, she's older. Sometimes I just need to get out of the house and she can babysit now um, to the point where I can run to Costco because it's right by us or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I have to be careful sometimes that I'm not putting too many expectations on her because she is, she's almost 12 in a couple of weeks, but I have to be very careful of that because it's easy just to be, oh, she does whatever I ask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's almost yeah. like my fairy godmother some days. So She's like, such a good girl. I want. Yeah. But that's one where I have to be careful not to put too many expectations on her to mm-hmm. let her still have her childhood at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's 12. What's realistic? What's not realistic? I feel like that's a great expect, you know, one to show like boundaries or expectations of others. Um, the one that I was thinking of is like oftentimes when we get a new role in life, like, Sorry, guys, I knew mom, so you're going to get new mommy stories right now. But 
Um, he's really cute. He's worth it. <laughs> he's really cute. His cheeks are like these little cushions. Oh, he's so I know. I know. And his little I'll sausage toes. He has little sausage <laughs> toes. They're very cute. Um, they're so chunky. Anyways, um, I think a lot of times we go in thinking a situation is going to be a certain way. We have an illusion of what it's going to oh, be, yeah. right? We talked about when, this in our expectations. Yes. Yeah. So when we have an illusion of what we think a situation is going to be or we build it up in our heads, then we push those expectations onto other people within that scenario, right? So like my husband is the one in the scenario with me. And then it would be really easy for me to get there and be like, okay, my husband is going to be like this and do all these things. And I'm going to expect it to be this and this, this way there. It's okay. To a certain point, I expect my husband to be a present father and to love his child. How that is done is going to be a little different, right? He's not going to dress banks the exact same way I'm going to dress banks in an outfit. Okay. That's fine. They're all clothes we got together. So I like them all like put them in whatever you like in that moment. (laughs) Or anything. (laughs) Or, you know, like that's where you be realistic on, are you micromanaging? Are you expecting something from somebody to be an exact specific way and an exact specific like behavior or to, to mirror what you're doing? It's good to have differences. Like I'm glad my husband does tummy time different than I do tummy time because that if you don't know what tummy time is, that's where you put the baby on their tummies and then you're supposed to play with them. It's really cute. And then they're supposed to have stimulus. So like he's newborn guys. He doesn't have like eyesight yet. So he has fuzzies and he can see like fuzzies. So we do black and white items and stuff and you can sing and you can do all these things with them. Right. But how he does it is different than I do it. Is that good or bad? Honestly, that's amazing because he needs different stimuli. And that's where if you are getting to the point where you have these very specific expectations, you need to reevaluate versus if it's the theme, like I expect my husband to be a loving, good father and still my partner and still be my husband, right? Like act like nothing with me. That's good. That's normal. But I don't expect him to do down to the T, all these things. Does that make sense for expectations of others? Totally. I tried to give totally a scenario does. that people could really grasp. So does that? Yeah. Okay. That's a good, that's a good simple one. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to think because of a simplified one. To micromanage, especially as a new mom, mm-hmm. it is easy to say, here's this and here's this and here's this, mm-hmm. you know, like you do it my way or I don't want you to touch them. Um, yeah. And you and Madison have had a good balance of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think too, like, taking it outside of mommy role, like if you do it with clients, like I have to be very generalized of there's many different behaviors or applications of what I'm telling clients, right? I expect them yeah. to understand the concept, like people listening to the podcast, understand the concept of it's good to have expectations of others and of yourself. But the minute that they start being micromanaging of others or the minute that they start to hurt you and cause you to like be a people please or anonymous club or make other people feel like they're failing you is when you have overstepped a line and you need to change your behavior and how you change your behavior could be very different. Like how Brittany, you change your behavior is going to look very different from how I change my behavior. That's fine. Right. And right now, as we're easing into our people pleasers recovery, like mm-hmm. I will approach it maybe in a smaller step than you would. Yeah. Because yeah. you are further along in this program yeah. to know how to stop being such a people pleaser. I am also super blunt. You are not. That's fine. No, you know what I mean? Which is fine. Like, that's fine. So, how you're going to put your boundaries out there is going to be very different in application from how I'm going to put my boundaries out there. Me and my husband are both blunt. So, I think sometimes 
you know, people will look at us and be like, well, you guys have good boundaries. This is how I have to do it. I'm like, no, this is just our personalities. So like, yeah, which I'm always I would, so jealous. I'm always so jealous of that. But. I mean, I don't know if it's always a good thing because remember growing up, you'd be like, Taylor, you need a filter. <laughs> yeah, true. There are times I think actually today you had yeah, said something and I was like, Taylor, that's rude. Apologize to Matson. Oh, I don't even remember what I said to him. I think I was just teasing Taylor, him. I don't even remember. And it was, and you're like, it was like some rude? dumb nickname like, or something. I was like, was that it was rude? something stupid. And he was sitting there yeah. being like, I mean, kind of. And I was like, I'm he's sorry. like, that didn't really make sense. Like, <laughs> see, that's where it, I mean, you got to find people that fit your vibe too. Yes, yeah, forgot about that. That, that happens a lot to us. We'll be like, wait, that probably, yeah, okay. <laughs> There's so there's pros and cons to both here. There's pros um, and cons to both. We are proud of you though. We have heard from a lot of you who responded really well to our People Pleasers Anonymous Club giveaway that we did, that it really resonated with you. And so that's where we decided we wanted to do this podcast episode to follow up from our giveaway. We're proud of you. We're proud of the progress you're making. Know that we're all going to take our own steps, that overnight we will not just stop being people pleasers and i also think it's important to know that just because especially as a woman just setting those boundaries doesn't automatically make you i can't get edited but it doesn't make you the b word okay like people i automatically think that you are not a witch with a b (laughs) yes you're not a witch with a b and now i can't get in trouble for being flagged yeah for explicit but i think a lot of times we're we feel like that might be the case if we say no to these things and people will view us that way and like taylor said earlier you will disappoint some people and that's okay i think the biggest thing that has kept me doing this and has honestly i don't think i i don't usually get called mean or like anything like that no people think you're the best um but i hold the boundaries and i do you know like i do exactly what i'm telling you guys to do the key is, though, is my motivation. I'm doing things because the welfare of my child, the welfare of my husband, the welfare of me. And at the end of the day, if you're you're remembering what you're motivated by, are you doing this to protect? Are you doing this to encourage? Whatever you're doing it by, that is stronger than the fear of letting people down, which at the end of the day is what PPAC is all about, is you're worried that you're going to let somebody down. And that's scary. And like you don't want to deal with disappointing people. You don't want to deal with those uncomfortable feelings. However, for me, what's most important is the love that I have in my life. And I will guard that, right? If it, it means yeah. hurting people that are the most important things in my life, my triage list, don't mess with my people. And that's where I think if we're protecting, if we're encouraging, if we're guarding something, you're going to be able to do these skills a lot more than if you forget the motivation. So just remember your motivation behind doing this is not to to disappoint anybody. It's not to be mean. Of course we want to be like compliant and help people and love and serve the community. At the end of the day though, if it's harming the things that value the most, you're going to have more motivation and more ability to disappoint people or to say no or to advocate for yourself than if you forget about your motivator. You got this. And what was your definition that you found for self-care that we need to protect ourselves? Protecting your ones, protecting one's own well-being and happiness. You're protecting. And that's where, when I had it explained to me in grad school where my professor finally sat me down and was like, you have given it all away and you have nothing left to give. You did not protect yourself well enough. And now you're useless. Like literally that's pretty much what my professor told me. And that's when I finally had the shift of like, you're right. If I don't protect myself, if I don't guard what I'm doing, then I can't do anything. 
And that's at the end of the day for every single person out there. If you don't guard, if you don't love yourself, your people more than whatever people are grabbing at you for, you will be eaten alive and you can't do that. No, you cannot. But hearing that and like, yeah, I was like hearing that was my motivation. (laughs) So when I'm like, okay, I have to say no. And I'm really scared. I literally repeat myself. This is for the welfare of whatever. And that's where I get empowered. Like this is for me. This is for my life. And I'm not willing to sacrifice. Remember, you're not. And I see it like those old time scales, you know, the ones that like go up and down for it. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, The little pulley system. And I just always remember being like, this isn't worth my sacrifice. If they're like, even and it's fine, then I'll do it. But if it's like one is going to really take the other one away. Nope. Not I'm not down for it. (laughs) Which is good. We should all we should all be more mindful of this. So, intentional. We we didn't use our intentional word today. Intentional. Be, be intentional. I don't think we've said it yet this episode. No, that's why I was like, but you have to say it. <laughs> um, we did do a PPAC giveaway. Did you say that? I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we had had a lot of you who really related to it. I we guess have we're stickers. This episode. People we're proud of you. We know that it's hard. And remember that even if you're only doing 1% better, that it's still better than you were doing. So I'm just proud if y'all just say no to one thing. Like, I mean, if you have victories, message us, tell us. We want to celebrate with you guys because this is not easy. Like my clients will come in and be like, Taylor, I said one no thing, like one thing to know this week. And, and we literally will like dance and have a party with it. Like it's hard. It's not easy, but it also is a great victory when you do it. And Brittany is on her journey. I'm on my journey. Like it's not easy. We're all in our journeys at different points with people pleasing, but at least we you have a cool this. club now. Yeah. yeah. Thanks to Britt. Hey, you got it right this time. I did. I did. So proud. So proud. All right. Well, we're going to sign off for now. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to follow us on social and subscribe to our podcast. You know, when a new episode drops. And follow us on Instagram so that you guys can know when we do giveaways. We gave a stand away. So I like stands. We'll keep giving fabulous things away. So just follow us so you can know when we're doing that. (laughs) Love it. Love it. All right. We'll catch you guys later. Thanks. Bye. Bye.